Let's go to our text. It's found in Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 23. Let's review just a little and we will add or build upon what we have laid already. Hebrews 10, 23. Are you ready? Let's read. Let us hold fast. Come on, everyone here, the, the, the 10 of us, or how many of us in here? Let's read. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that promise. Now, again, we have been talking about uh, new or the power of agreement, uh, staying in agreement with God, new covenant faith, and uh, uh, looking at faith from a New Covenant, New Testament viewpoint. As I've stated in the times past, much of what we've been taught about faith has been postulated that we live from our faith. We were at no point in time uh, as children of God were we ever to be dependent upon ourselves. We have always been called to trust in God. But it has been delivered, whether, uh, in, whether intentional or unintentional, but it has been presumed that we live by our faith. And we get that, or people have gotten that from Habakkuk 2.4. But again, what Habakkuk, God was responding to Habakkuk's uh, plea or his questions, rather, of what was going on around him. And the Lord told him that, listen, now the proud trust in themselves, but the just shall live by his faith. What do you mean? The just shall live by his faith in God. The old covenant was a system where you were justified by keeping the demands of the law. But it was a trust in God that if I do these things while trusting God, I would be justified. Whereas the New Testament uh, for the New Testament believer, justification is, is received or we're justified by believing in the finished work of Jesus. Are you guys here? So new covenant faith is a faith that lives from his faith. We are living by his faith. Now, I've given you uh, scripture for this. I'll give you some more references here in a second, but uh, just for uh, the sake of continuity, let's review the definition for the word faith. We said that faith, it is the Greek word pistis, and it simply means conviction, yes, persuasion, yes, moral beliefs, conviction, persuasion. So we live by the convictions, the persuasions, the beliefs in God. We said that faith is always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people. We said that, or, or the scripture, rather, we've seen this in the scripture. Uh, we also said that faith, that word pistis, for the believer, it means God's divine persuasion. And therefore, distinct from human belief or confidence, yet it involves it. What do you mean by that? When God, when we hear the word and we declare that word, it convicts us, it persuades us, it strengthens our beliefs. And what we do then, we use our confidence 
to trust in God's confidence. Or we use our belief, we just use our belief to come into agreement with what God has already settled. Amen. We've seen in Romans 12 and 3 that God has dealt each man the measure of faith. We see in Galatians 2.20 where the apostle was encouraging those, listen man, I am not going back under the law. He said, listen, this, I, I have been buried with Christ in the life that I now live. Uh, I don't live in the flesh. I live by faith in or through the Son of God. We've seen in Hebrews 12 and 2 that we are to fasten our gaze onto Jesus. Watch this. Who birthed faith in us. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Then we see in John 6, 44, that no one can come to Jesus unless the Father, what? Draws him. Why? Because we discovered or we've seen in the scripture that the unregenerated man does not desire God. God puts that desire in you, but you have to respond. Okay? So notice Hebrews 10, 23. The word of God says, hold fast to your profession. That word profession, you should be able to articulate this definition at will now. It, it, it's what? An agreement. A confession. It, it means to say the same thing, to say together, to speak to a conclusion, to lay to rest. <laughs> Properly, it's a conclusion embraced by a common confession profession or affirmation. In other words, it's saying the same thing about yourselves, about your situations and circumstances that God has said about you. It's coming into agreement with God. Satan is after your agreement. That's what Satan wants. That's why even in the body, he tries to keep this unity going because he knows that there is power and blessings in agreement. We also said that word uh, uh, professional homologia in the Greek. It means, watch this, it also refers to a collective agreement of believers about what God loves and, he, and hates. And they have the courage to proclaim it. In other words, for the believer, that person who was living from his faith, who was fully persuaded in what Jesus did. Watch this. He loves what God loves, and they hate what God hates. Now, watch this. And when I'm fully persuaded now, there is going to be a demonstration of good works or deeds as a testimony that I'm convinced or uh, uh, persuaded that this God that I serve desires that I do this because this is right and it desires that I don't do that because it's not right. Are you here? So that negates, you know, when you start teaching this type of liberating message, people think that you are giving people an an excuse to, in no shape or form are we excusing uh, or giving you justification to live any kind of way you want to. Matter of fact, the mere fact that you trust God warrants that my life demonstrates that I trust him. And it's going to be seen through my, the way I live. Are you here? Again, Satan, when you say this, Satan is after 
my agreement with God. Why? Because it is your agreement, your agreement with God that gives you the advantage. Let me say it again. Boy, that was a good place to get happy. Your, your agreement with God is what gives you the advantage over the enemy. Let me show you something. First, John 5, 4, Amplified. And see, what we're trying to establish here is the fact that as a new covenant believer, Jesus, what he did satisfied the Father. And my portion is just to come into agreement with what he did. It's his faith that we're living from. We've seen in Hebrews the testimony of the patriarchs of old, how they endured great things. But Christ, but the Lord having provided something better for us. And that better portion for us was Jesus. So, listen, for the believer. Now, Abraham needed strong faith because Abraham was under a different covenant. Listen, as a believer, Jesus, he, he has all the strength of faith that you need. Now, you need to be strong in your convictions. <laughs> Listen, and we've been saying, you know, I understand weak faith, strong faith, uh, waving faith. Listen, it might be weak believing, waving in your beliefs, but we're living from his faith. It can't get any better than his faith. And if I just come into agreement with his faith, I don't have to be strong in faith. My Lord is strong in faith, but I since I'm strong in what I believe, I come into agreement with him. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We're living from his. It's not I who live, but Christ. So if Christ is living in me, and I'm living from his faith. Whose faith am I living by? Mine or his? Yes, sir. It's my believing. For everyone born of God is what? Victorious and overcomes the world. And this victory, and this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Watch this. Our what? Continuing, persistent faith. In who? In who? In Jesus, the Son of God. Watch this. Our consist, continuing, persistent believing, persuasion, conviction. That's why I have to stay in the mode of hearing this word. Hearing that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken word of God. Are you here? So let's look at this <clears throat> again. We are establishing that. There's nothing that we have to do beyond believing. And when I say believing, it also involves speaking or coming into agreement with what God says. Uh, not just by believing only, but declaring the righteousness of faith speaks. So it's speaking, it's believing the same thing God believes, and it's speaking the same thing that God speaks. Are you here? So... Again, the reason why I want to show you this is because 
there's a lot of confusion when we look at James, when James talks about faith without works is dead. He's not talking about a justification based upon your works. And I'm going to show you something. Are you here? Watch this. Someone say it is finished. finished. Now, of the last words of Jesus on the cross, none is more important or more impressive than when he said, it is finished. Found only in the Gospel of John. Let me show you something. John 19.30 if you want to get it. Listen to this. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. So when they took the wine and stabbed his mouth, he said, it is finished. Now, the Greek word translated, it is finished, is tetelestai, tetelestai. And it simply means accomplished, completed, perfected. Watch this. It's an accounting term that literally means paid in full. So when he said, it is finished. He said, Father, everything that you sent me to do is paid in full. Listen, now, when Jesus voiced or announced those words, he was declaring the debt owed to his father was wiped away. Watch this, completely and forever. It is paid in full. Now, understand now. Jesus wasn't wiping away any debt that he owed to the Father. Rather, Jesus terminated, eradicated, exterminated. He canceled the debt owed by mankind. The sin debt. Everything that separated us from the Father. When Jesus said it is finished, he, he, watch this, he paid the debt in full, and now we're right back in right relations with God. Listen, which proves that we shouldn't have to keep working to be justified. Because if you are working to pay off a debt, once that debt has been satisfied, do you continually, do you continue to work to satisfy the debt? No. Why? Because the debt is paid in full. So what else? Was completed. He completed the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament prophecies, the fulfilling of the law and the prophets, every symbol, every foreshadowings of the coming Messiah. He paid it in full. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? He paid it in full. So the only work you have to do now is the work to keep my beliefs in agreement with God. Working, making sure my words line up with the words of... Are y'all here? 
man, this is good. I, should, I really should stay right there for about these next 17 minutes. Will you say this? Just close your eyes and say this. It's paid in full. The debt has been satisfied. Now, next point. Faith without works. Let's deal with this. Faith without works is dead. James chapter 2 is where we get that, particularly verses 14 through 26. Now, it's often taken out of context in an attempt to create a work-based system of righteousness, which is contrary to, uh, which is contrary to Scripture. So again, when we hear people saying, you know, faith without works is dead, it's used most often, it's taken out of context in an attempt to create a works-based system of righteousness. So we need to see what James is, we need to look at it in its proper context to see what James actually means when he talks about works without faith is dead. Show me your works by your faith. Are you here? So, let, just let me give you a nugget. James is not saying that our works makes us righteous before God, but that real saving faith is demonstrated by good works or deeds. So when you look at that word works in James, it, it simply means deeds or good deeds or good works, not works as in being justified by keeping the demands of the law. Now, th again, this is important because if my perception of God is wrong, how I receive is going to be wrong because I'm approaching him on the wrong basis. Okay? Now, should I honor my mother and father? Absolutely. But, am I, it, but my righteousness is not based upon the demands of the law. Is it good? to, to Hey, if you want to worship on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, too, it, it, hey, it, as long as you're doing it as unto the Lord, we love you. God bless you. But are you righteous based upon what day that you worship on? Absolutely not. Your righteousness is not. Why? Because Jesus, he paid that in full. Yes, sir. Are you with me? So. Works or good deeds are not the cause of salvation. Listen to this. Works. When I say works, I'm also meaning good deeds are the evidence of salvation. That goes back to what I said earlier. When I'm in agreement, Brother Stone, with Jesus, I love what he loves and hates what he hates, right? So watch this. Works are good deeds. Are, that goes back to what I said. Are actually the evidence that I'm fully persuaded that Jesus is who he say he is. In other words, that being fully persuaded in Christ always results in good works. <laughs> I'm giving you a nugget of what he's talking. We can get into it. But in other words, if I'm fully persuaded, that in-birth persuasion is what causes me to do good works. This is important. Why? Because on last week I shared with you how Holy Spirit shared with me how a lot of believers are missing out on heaven's blessings because of guilt, condemnation, and mis information. And see, 
when you fall under guilt, condemnation, and when you're operating under misinformation, guess what? You think that you don't qualify for God's goodness except you do everything right. Why? Because notice people are still telling you God is not going to bless you while you are doing that. I'm, first of all, I'm already blessed. And blessings are procured not because I keep a bunch of man-made rules and regulations or demands. Blessings are procured because I believe God. Even while I'm working on me. Even while I'm getting things straight. As long as I stay in agreement that I'm righteous based upon what Jesus did, I'm good and I can receive heaven's blessings. And again, it's not an excuse to keep living adversely because what, if I agree with God, I'm going to love what he loves I can, and hate what he hates. So since God don't like offense, guess what? I don't like offense. Since God wants me to love unconditionally, guess what? I'm going to love. Since he loves unconditionally, excuse me, I'm going to love. Are you here? Ah. I have to show you this before we get to James. Will you say this? I am justified by faith alone, not by the works of the law. Now, now the reason why I keep saying that because I, I want you to understand. Now, we're made righteous by what Jesus did. But we have to choose or walking up right is our responsibility or walk accordingly. But we're made righteous. So watch this. If we're made righteous by what Jesus did, there's nothing I can do to make myself righteous. Why? Because he made me righteous. And we need to come and see again because people are missing out on things promised to them. Because It's people right now who are accepting sickness because they think it's because of something they did. Or someone told them that God put that on you. Listen, watch this. Jesus, the reason, one of the reasons why Jesus' body wasn't broken, it was given. Because he never wanted his body to be splintered and broken. So, 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 listen, I don't know where we're getting this breaking and God, God don't have to break you in order to get you to... Why, listen, why would he, the mere fact that his body wasn't broken lets me know that he doesn't want me broken. Why does he, look, paid in full me, paid in full, so I don't need to be broke. Why? Because Jesus was given for me. And I said it to say people are accepting foolery based upon misinformation. So we have to be careful when we jump on these little fancy cliches, man. You can never co-sign on anything. I don't care how good it sounds that can't be found in the word. Especially when it comes to your, your spiritual well-being. Man should not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Are you here? Let me show you something. So. Let's look at this justification by faith first. Romans 
3.28. Amplified. For we maintain that an individual is justified by faith distinctly apart from the works of the law. So that means faith alone. Are you here? The observance of which has nothing to do with justification. That is being that is being declared free of guilt, of sin, and made acceptable to God. Do you see this? It's right here in the Word of God. Again, people are missing out because of condemnation. Watch this. Guilt and misinformation. And we need to focus more on telling people. See, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, but he convicts us of righteousness. We need to start encouraging people Telling them who they are instead of what they are. You know that you are the beloved of God. You are. Romans 5.1. Therefore. Since we have been justified. That is. Acquitted of sin. Declared blameless before God guys. By how? Faith, believing in what he did. Get a hold of the fact. Understand this. Get this in your thick skull. What part of no don't you understand? <laughs> in other words, accept it. Not what man has been declaring over you. Accept it, guys. But let me say something because I, I, that religious spirit Still on brokenness. Listen, just because God allow you to go through certain things. And see, some things, you know, we have to remember is, is life is choice driven. Choice driven. So some some stuff we're just making bad choices. But God didn't have to break you, sir. Let me for what? Why does he need to break you? And don't fall into that lie. Look, look trials don't come to make you stronger. You might can become stronger as a result, but there have been many people died in the trial. There have been many people died in their brokenness because they didn't have the revelation that I just need to agree with God. Galatians 3, and I'm giving you scripture. 23 through 27. Now, before faith came, <laughs> we were kept in custody under the law. But we just seen Jesus pay that in full. We were perpetually imprisoned in preparation. Watch this. For the faith that was destined to be revealed. Yes, we see that in Hebrews, man of God. A uh, couple weeks ago when I showed you that God had something better for us. Come on now. now, verse 20, which was Jesus, verse 24. With the result that the law has become our what? Tutor and our disciplinarian to guide us to Christ. So that we may be what? Justified, that is declared free of the guilt. Of sin and its penalty and placed in right standing with God. How? By faith. But now faith has what? Come. We are no longer under 
the control and authority of a tutor and disciplinarian. For you, watch this, who are born again, are literally born from above, and being redeemed from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, are all what? Children of God, set apart for what? His purpose with full rights and privileges through faith. See, there, there are full rights and privileges that you are entitled to but can't receive if I have been misinformed. See, oh, thank you, Elizabeth. You have full rights and privileges because of what Jesus did, not because uh, 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 you didn't curse last week. Don't curse. Not because you didn't dip into that whatever. No, 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 no. Even, again, in the midst of me maturing, because my mind has to be renewed. I am entitled. Do you see this? I am entitled to God's privileges. I have full right. Watch this. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Look, the man who keeps the man who stumbled three times this week has full rights and privileges as the sister who prayed every day, who did everything right as she thought she should be doing. And here this man done failed seven times, but he kept getting up. But he gets up with confidence. Why? Because he understands that I may have been made righteous by Jesus and I'm entitled to full rights. Watch this. And, uh, and knowing that makes you want to get it together. Oh, boy, this is good. You hear? Verse 27. For all of you who were baptized into Christ into a spiritual union with Christ, the only one, have what? Clothed yourself with who? Christ. That is, you have what? Taking on his characteristics and values. Do you see this? Again, a life that is fully persuaded, that's living by the inbirth persuasion, is going to take on Christ's characteristics and values. See, all this, see how all this is tiny? So I, I'm going to love what he loves, hate what he hates. I'm going to walk the way he desires I walk and not walk. in a way that opposes what he desires. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Now, here Paul imperiously says that justification is by faith alone. Imperiously. Do you see this? <laughs> Watch this. For it is by Grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor. Do y'all see what I see? Drawing you to Christ. Do y'all see that? You remember last week? See, we can't come except he draw me. Man, I'm, listen, we, we, we're, we're building this based upon the word, not tradition. It's right here, Stone. God's remarkable compassion and favor, what? Drawing you to Christ. That you have been saved, what? Actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life. How? Through faith. You're coming into agreement with God. And this salvation is not yours, 
not your own gift, but it is, undeserved, it is the undeserved gracious gift of who? God. Not, a, not a, as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for salvation. So just because you got everything right and doing everything right, that's good. We applaud you. Keep doing that. Listen, the, uh, the man who's still working on himself, the woman whose mind is still being renewed in certain areas, is still entitled to the same benefits and full rights, full coverage as you. Oh, man. Can I give you five more minutes? Let me just, just let me give you this little bit right here. Because I'm done. But since you guys say do five, I do five more. Now, let's deal with this faith without works. Let's see what James is talking about. Let's go to James 2. Man. Ah. This is blessing you type, Pastor. This is good. Just type it. Worry if you type, type. This is good. This is good. Scattered throughout the Mediterranean world because of persecutions, James writes to Jewish Christians whose hostile surroundings had them tempted to let intellectual agreement pass for true faith. Intellectual agreement. What do you mean? They love all of the Christian teachings and doctrines, but don't feel like they need to do them. <laughs> In other words, it's easy to say we have faith, but true faith, again, will always produce good deeds. So James, he exposes their hypocritical practices and he teaches them right Christian behavior. In other words, see, now, now we try, we're getting into what he's talking about. He said it's not enough just to say I'm saved. There must be a demonstration through good deeds or works that would testify of your salvation or that you are living from his faith. You hear so James, he distinguishes the one who possesses from the one who merely professes. See, you got those who possess it, being that there is a demonstration through their good deeds or the way they live as, from those who just profess. Okay? Now, here in our text, we're going to start around verse 14. This whole, this, this passage that we're about to read. Let's say, we'll take a couple of verses at a time. Are you here? So this whole pericope of scripture, this is what James is doing. He is, you can write it down. James is refuting the belief that a person can have faith without producing any good works. He's refuting the belief that a person can have faith without producing any good works. He's emphasizing the point that genuine 
in birth persuasion in Christ will produce will produce a changed life. Watch this of good works or good deeds. That's what he's saying. So he's emphasizing the point that if you're really a believer, if you really believe, if you're really persuaded that Christ is your Savior, the evidence would be a change in your behavior, change in your conduct. Therefore, there are good works or deeds demonstrated through the life of the believer. Not by me doing this, I'm going to be justified. No, but I do good because I believe that what Jesus did satisfies her. James is not saying that justification is by faith plus works, but rather that a person who is truly justified by faith will have good works in his or her life. Let me say it again. See, see, again, we've been misinformed. And as a result, there's guilt and condemnation. And, and, and God bless, and I understand what people are trying to do. I don't have to walk. Listen, I don't have to walk around the car seven times. That, that, because you can walk around the car seven times and still not be in agreement with God. I'm not going on no property and swinging all. God, God, I understand what that means. But, 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 but listen, if I just come into agreement that God, you will give this to me. And, 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 and so we got people going around these uh, neighborhoods and we're walking around houses seven times and declaring it is yours and, and, and not even in agreement with God. And, and see what happens. And when it don't manifest, we blame God. And you're not even in agreement because you're thinking it's your works that's going to produce it. It's not your works that's going to produce it. How that look? Somebody here don't even know God, just, just have gotten to the law of faith, speaking and declaring things, walking in places and getting what they want, and don't even know God. While we out there kneeling beside a car, believing God. And we serve a God that somebody could give you. That's nothing for God. James is not saying that justification is by faith plus works, but rather that a person who is truly justified by faith would have good works in his or her life. Here's what he's saying. If a person claims to be a believer, but has no good works or good deeds in his or her life, then he or she does not, then he, then he or she likely does not have what? Genuine persuasion in Christ. So in other words, if I say I'm a believer, we should see your good deeds. You should talk like Jesus talked. You should walk like Jesus walked. You should live like Jesus lived. You should stand up straight like... So every... Why? Because we take on, as we've seen in Galatians, the same characteristics and values as he does. And to say that I have him and don't have those things, in other words, now we have to question whether or not you are really one born from above. Are you here? 
James, let's look at verse 14. So I just, what we're about to read, I've done giving you what we're reading. James 14 says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Again, what, what, let's, let's read it. What does it profit a man if someone says he has faith but have no works? If, if you're saved, you should have good deeds. Can faith save him? Thus, verse 17, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Again, we got, what, what is James doing here? What is he doing? He's refuting the belief that a person can have faith without producing any good works. So thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, in other words, it's dead. So if that in birth persuasion is in me, if I'm really persuaded, convinced, believe that God, who, he, who God says he is in my life, guess what? It's going to be evidenced through good deeds. Because without it, it's dead. <laughs> okay? But notice, show me your faith without your works. And I'll show you my faith by my works. Show me your faith without your works. So in other words, if, if you are truly who you say you are, there should be good deeds. How can you say that and there are no good deeds? <laughs> are you here? Then he said, I'll show you my faith, what? By my works. This is very, I'm trying to articulate it where it's real plain. Making it lucid as possible. Verse 20, but you know, but do you want to know? Matter of fact, I think verse 19 said, devils believe. Devils believe in Jesus. What do you mean they believe? They believe, but they don't do. So what is that? So what good is if you believe and don't do? Devils believe. <laughs> Are you here? Verse 20. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Again, to say that I am a believer and there is no good works is dead. Are you here? Was not Abraham our father, what, justified by works when he, when he offered up Isaac, his son on altar? What do you mean? He was justified by what? Believing that, matter of fact, in Hebrew says that if God, Abraham has so much belief in God that if he did have to sacrifice his son, he would raise him back up. Are you here? Look, look, look what he said. It says, but was Abraham not our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac on the altar? Do you see that what? Faith was working together with his works. And by works, faith was made perfect. In other words, he believed God, so what he, it was demonstrated through his actions. That's what he's saying. He, wasn't not, he was made righteous based upon his believing. Again, we are under a different covenant. But he demonstrated his belief in God by, I don't, I don't, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I do know that if, if I have to sacrifice you, God will raise you up. And the scripture was fulfilled, uh, which says Abraham, what? He believed God. So again, when we come into agreement, there should be evidence through our works. 
or our good deeds. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness, and he was called what? The friend of God. Verse 24, you see then that a man is justified by what? Works and not by faith alone. So what he's telling them when he says that man is justified by works and not by faith alone, if I'm really, if, if, I, if I'm a believer, again, these people were, were, were dealing on intellectual agreement. Just being saved is good. No, if I'm really a believer, then there's going to be proof of that through my good deeds, my actions. Are you here? Verse 26, for as the body without faith, excuse me, for, for, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without what? Works is also dead, dead also. Here's what he's saying in verse 26. Faith without works or good deeds is dead faith because the lack of good deeds reveal an unchanged life or a spiritually dead heart. Faith without works or good deeds is a dead faith because the lack of good deeds reveals an unchanged life or a spiritually dead heart. He's also saying here that faith without works or good deeds is dead because genuine faith results in a new creation. Not a repetition of the same old patterns of sinful behavior. Not to say that you won't ever miss it, but if, 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 if I really believe that Christ is who he say he is, then there should be, watch this, a change. And it's going to be evidenced through my deeds or my works. In conclusion, this deeper investigation shows that the teachings of James and Paul are not at odds, but are in dissoluble harmony. They are actually in harmony. Matter of fact, immediately after telling us that we are saved by faith, not works, Paul informs us that we were created to do good works. <laughs> That's Ephesians 2 T. You get it, you look at it. Now, Paul wrote to explain the gospel. James had, in its view, its practical implications. So Paul writes to explain the gospel, and James tells him, okay, well, that which Paul has delivered to you. If you really believe that Jesus is your Savior, then it should be evidenced through your deeds, not just by your confession alone. While it is true that our good works or deeds can never earn salvation, true in-birth persuasion always results in a changed life of good deeds. Did you hear what I just said? While it, while it is true that our good works or deeds can never earn salvation, we've seen that in Ephesians, true in-birth persuasion always results in a changed life and good deeds. Paul speaks against those who try to be saved by the works of the law instead of true in-birth persuasion. That's what, it, that's what Paul speaks against. We've seen that. James speaks against those who confuse mere intellectual assent with true faith. Do you see it? Listen. What Jesus did paid in full anything that we had to do to be right before God. <laughs> and all we have to do now as new creations is come into agreement with what has already been settled. Just agree with the settlement. 
That's why renewing the mind is so vitally important. And I submit to you, listen, it's not as tumultuous and it shouldn't be like drudgery for the believer. And the reason why people are burning out is because they're still going through all of these man-made rules trying to be justified before God, and they're approaching God, Crystal, on the wrong basis. So therefore, since they're not in, if I approach God on the wrong basis, I, there's no way I'm in agreement with, with, with what's already mine. So I can't receive it, although I may be sincere, but I can't receive it because I'm not in agreement. Satan is after your agreement. But I came to declare to you, sir, ma'am, that the payment on your behalf has been paid in full. Now let's give the Lord a shout of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.